This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. I'm Chineo Gumake. I'm Lisa Leslie, and we're very excited to tell you about our new podcast with Blue Wire, Front and Center. Lisa and I are breaking down what's going on in our lives, in the world, and keeping it 100. We're also learning from amazing guests as well, like Emmanuel Acho. People that show love to me, I forever got their back. Vivica A. Fox. If the foundation isn't right, then the rest of it's going to go wrong from there. And more. Subscribe to Front and Center today. You're now listening to the Destination Debbie Podcast. I present your host, Ray Garvin, the creator of Destination Debbie, and your go-to source for all things Debbie and college football. Welcome back, good people, to the Destination Debbie program. You know who it is. It's your boy, Ray G. You can find me on Twitter at Ray GQ. Make sure you're following the show at Destination Debbie as well. And head on over to YouTube and check out the Destination Debbie YouTube channel. Doing a lot of cool stuff over there. More than just fantasy-related content. I'm doing a lot more film reviews on rookies, on players who my patrons are concerned about. Just dropped one on Juju Smith-Schuster did one on James Robinson and next up is Jonathan Taylor so head on over to YouTube subscribe to the Destination Debbie channel and smash that thumbs up button while you're over there suggest the video for other viewers who come to find that type of content but this is my top 10 takeaways from this past weekend of college football show and I want to start with my Twitter observation of the weekend I was having a conversation with Matt Valdivinos at MBS Scouting on Twitter and we were talking about Florida's wide receiver, Kadarius Tony, about, you know, just how dynamic of a player he is. And Matt had tweeted at me. He said he would rather draft Kadarius Tony at cost opposed to a Rondell Moore or Jalen Waddle. And I found that very interesting. If I were an NFL team, I absolutely would understand doing that type of move, right? Instead of spending a top 20 pick on Rondell Moore or Jalen Waddle, you upgrade at another position and you draft Kadarius Tony later. He's a similar player. He's a similar skilled athlete. They are, they are not your prototypical X wide receivers. Tony's about 5'11, 195. I don't believe he's as explosive or as fast as Rondell Moore or Jalen Waddle, but they play very similar games, right? These players can carry the ball out of the backfield. They're dynamic in the return game. They're explosive athletes. And I think for an NFL franchise, I think that'd be a prudent move. You upgrade the offensive line, defensive 
offensive line, linebacker, defensive back, and then take Darius Tony in the second or third round. I think you've got yourself a fantastic pro at the next level. And in fantasy, I believe Tony's going to be a late second round pick in rookie drafts next year. I really see his stock taking off towards the NFL combine. I know he had a couple of off field issues and some injury history, but Tony is a very, very talented wide receiver from Florida. So I just wanted to start with my observation of the weekend, but we are going to jump into takeaway number 10. All right, takeaway 10 of the weekend. I want to start by saying that Malik Willis, quarterback from Liberty, Joe Milton, quarterback from Michigan, Hendon Hooker, quarterback from Virginia Tech, and Michael Penix, the quarterback from Indiana, are all very intriguing prospects. You've got the big physical specimen in Joe Milton. Hendon Hooker is also a very big quarterback at 6'4", almost 230 pounds. And then you've got these kind of dual threat quarterbacks in Michael Penix, as well as Malik Willis. Willis was a transfer from Auburn. A lot of people don't know that, but he was recruited to play quarterback at Auburn, ended up transferring after two years, and he has looked outstanding for Liberty. Him and Hendon Hooker had a duel for the ages this past weekend, Virginia Tech versus Liberty. Liberty pulled it off 38-35. Both of these guys went over 100 yards on the ground, 200 yards in the air, no turnovers through the air, so it was a really, really good quarterback matchup. Joe Milton, you know, he's got all the physical tools. He has all the physical tools through two interceptions, three touchdowns over 300 passing yards. I don't know if it's Joe Milton. I really believe that Jim Harbaugh is one of the most overrated coaches who has done the least with the most since he's been in Ann Arbor. So I don't want to put all the blame on Joe Milton, but he just doesn't look comfortable back there. Michael Penix is an intriguing young prospect. He's somebody that can continue to see growing and growing, and he's leading Indiana. They're about to be a top 10 team in college football when the new rankings come out. But the most intriguing prospect of them all, and I have come all the way around on Miami starting quarterback, De'Eric King, 31 for 41 this past weekend, 430 yards, five touchdowns, no interceptions, also added 105 yards on the ground. We need to be talking about De'Eric King as a potential Heisman Trophy candidate, what he's done during his short stint in Miami. You know, King, 5'11", 205 pounds. He's not a prototypical quarterback when you're talking about size, height, weight. But we've seen these, these sort of smaller quarterbacks get an opportunity at the next level. And I do believe that De'Eric King is going to get a chance to play quarterback at the next level. I don't believe he's going to be drafted early. I don't believe he's going to have the starting job day one, but he's a player who will be drafted. He will make an NFL team. And if he gets on the field, who knows what can happen? So De'Eric King stock definitely up for the Miami quarterback. Takeaway number nine, let's go to USC and the Pac-12 was back this weekend and I want to talk about not Keaton Slovis, but the talented group of wide receivers that he's throwing to. I believe that USC has the most talented group of wide receivers in college football with Drake London, Amon Ross St. Brown, Tyler Vaughns, and Brew McCoy. All of these guys caught at minimum five passes and at minimum 50 yards on the get on the day versus Arizona State this past weekend. Drake London led the way with 125 on eight receptions and one TD. Amon Ross St. Brown did what Amon Ross St. Brown does, seven for 100. And then Tyler Vaughn's playing well in his final season at SC. When you've got a an accurate quarterback like Keaton Slovis and you've got four 
legitimate NFL prospects at wide receiver position. It makes things really easy for the quarterback. And Keith and Slovis couldn't be happier. All four of these guys will play on Sundays at varying levels, right? I'm not saying that Vaughn's um, and Ron and Drake are high-end NFL caliber talents, high-end Debbie assets, or high-end NFL draft prospects, but all four of them will play at the next level. But just watching USC, they're going to score a lot of points. Keaton Slovis is going to look good. USC has the most talented group of wide receivers in college football. Takeaway number eight from that same game, Chip DeMontre Tranium. Boy, oh boy, the 2023 running back class continues to get better and better and better. But this big boy at 200 and damn near 30 pounds, 5 foot 11, 12 carries, 84 yards, averaging 7 yards a clip, 2 TDs, long at 25. I mean, the juice is there. And Arizona State fumbled that game away. Not literally fumbled it, but they just blew the game. They should have beaten USC, but Chip Tranium is going to be a very, very good freshman running back. When you're already talking about a class that features Kendall Milton, Tank Bigsby, Jameer Gibbs, Seth McGowan, Zach Evans, Bijan Robinson, who finally broke out to look like that freshman stud that we thought he would be. And we haven't even talked about Marshawn Lloyd, who's missing the season due to an ACL injury. But Chip Tranium looks like he is going to be next up for Arizona State. Kept Daniel Nada on the bench. I'm very excited about Arizona State quarterbacks, wide receivers, but this running back is adding to an impressive running back class in 2023. Trade for those picks. Been telling you that, but I'm just going to say it again. Trade for those picks. Takeaway number seven, Kyle Trask is going to be a day two pick. Kyle Trask, a lot of people don't want to give this young man the credit and just do that he deserves, but 30 for 43, 474 yards. He had a damn flamethrower attached to his arm. Ball placement was fantastic. We talk a lot about Kadarius Toney. We talk about Kyle Pitts, but Kyle Trask is putting the ball on a rope, putting it in places that only his wide receivers can get to. He had over 3,000 passing yards last year as a junior, so it's not like Trask has just come out of nowhere. Playing in the SEC, you cannot talk about his level of competition. No, he is not the most mobile. No, he does not have the biggest arm. It's not the livest cannon attached to a shoulder, but his accuracy, ball placement, toughness, and the way that he progresses through his reads, Kyle Trask is going to be a really good pick for an NFL team, and his optimal situation would be to sit for a year or two behind a proven veteran, learn the game, and then he'll get an opportunity to start. And the bigger takeaway from this, and I kind of tweeted about this on Saturday, the college game and therefore the NFL game, they're in really good hands with these upcoming quarterbacks. There are some very, very talented quarterbacks in college football, and not all of these guys are going to develop into Patrick Mahomes. There are only There's only one Patrick Mahomes. There's only one Lamar Jackson. There's only one Kyler Murray. Not every team has a quarterback of that caliber, but when you have a competent backup, a competent third pick, third quarterback on your team, they're going to get an opportunity to play. Look at Jacksonville. We see Luke Lawton play. We're seeing Gil- Garrett Gilbert get on the field. We're seeing uh, players like Kyle Allen, you know, Hopefully, you know, prayers to him get well soon, Kyle Allen. But 
you guys have to understand these players, just because they're not coming into the league and playing from day one does not mean that they're not valuable assets to be thinking about acquiring in Debbie or Dynasty. Players like a Kyle Trask, players like a Mac Jones, although they may not start from day one, I can assure you they will have an opportunity to play at the next level. And once they get that opportunity, that's all we're asking for. We want players who have an opportunity to score as fantasy points. Once they get that opportunity, I want the guy with the mental makeup, with the production profile to seize whatever opportunity he was given. Kyle Trask is going to be a really good pick in the day two of the NFL draft. Takeaway number six, Jim Harbaugh is killing Zach Charbonnet. I mean, he just may be a guy. One carry, that is egregious. I don't give a damn how bad Michigan looks or how bad of a coaching job Harbaugh is doing to give Zach Charbonnet one carry. I know he caught a couple of passes. It's just egregious. When you've got a young quarterback like Joe Milton, it, it it doesn't make sense. The only thing that I can come that can come to my mind as to why Hassan Haskins, a converted linebacker, carried the ball more times than Zach Charbonnet is maybe they just don't believe that Charbonnet is that guy. You know, he had that explosive run in their first game versus Minnesota. And after that, he's sort of just been non-existent. I don't know what it is. A lot of us spent high draft capital in Debbie leagues on Jack's on Zach Charbonnet. And I'm trying to move all of the Charbonnet that I have in Debbie. I just don't believe in him. I don't trust uh, what he can become at the next level. So, my takeaway with this one is I'd be looking to move Zach Charbonnet if I owned him anywhere in Debbie, and Jim Harbaugh should not have his job after this season. Takeaway number five, Zach Wilson is on fire, on fire, and I don't care about the teams that he's playing. You know, the same argument that's used against Zach Wilson for his level of competition, we talk about BYU playing Texas State and Navy and Troy and Houston and Boise State and UTSA and all of these middling college football teams in the Division I conference, yet we praised Trey Lance for having 28 touchdowns, no interceptions, running for over 1,000 yards, throwing for over 2,000 yards against Central Arkansas and William and Mary and all these other random ass FCS schools. How can we even do that? Like you can't, what's good for the goose has got to be good for the gander. And actually Zach Wilson's level of competition is significantly higher than that of Trey Lance. And he also has more seasons of production than Trey Lance. Trey Lance has literally one season of production, one, uno, one season. Zach Wilson, although he didn't play the full season in 2019 or in 2018, he did have some production. He was on the field. He did play. And for him to be one of the nation's leaders in deep pass attempts, his completion percentage at 75%, only six incomplete passes this game, 359 and two TDs. I think we need to pump the brakes. He is far and away in that tier two behind you-know-who, Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. But Zach Wilson will be a first-round pick and probably a top 15 pick in the 2021 NFL Draft. He is on fire. He is good. Get excited. Zach Wilson is coming to a dynasty team near us very, very soon.
Takeaway number four, Brees Hall and Isaiah Spiller are the bright spots in an underwhelming 2022 class. And, you know, I love me some Eric Gray, but if I have to be real here, Kyron Williams, the running back from Notre Dame, may be that RB3 in the 2022 class. And if he does move to that range, then it makes it a little bit better. You throw Kyron Williams in there with Eric Gray, Jerry on Ely, and a couple of others. It's not as bad as we thought, but it's still underwhelming. But these two players, Brees Hall, 31 carries, 133 and two TDs. Isaiah Spiller, 18 for 131. And then he also can catch the ball out of the backfield, two for 46. Both of these players have the size, both of them over six foot, both of them over, over 215 pounds to be prototypical three down backs at the next level. I don't know which one I prefer more. I know I continue to say Brees Hall is the far runaway RB1 in the class, but man, if you have not had a chance to watch Isaiah Spiller, he just looks like a professional running back. He's not an elite talent. I don't believe he would be better than any of the top guys in the 2021 class when you're talking about Travis Etienne or Najee Harris, but you throw Isaiah Spiller in 2021, there's no doubt he's the RB3. You throw Brees Hall in 2021, there's no doubt he's the RB3. Both of these players are fantastic looking prospects, and I know for a fact that they weren't going for a lot, especially in Debbie Auction startup drafts this past summer. If you have a chance to trade for Spiller, I don't think the Brees Hall owner really has any interest in moving him, but if you can go out there and acquire Isaiah Spiller and Debbie, go do it. He's going to be a second round pick, and he looks like he's going to be a damn good running back at the next level. All right, top three takeaways from this weekend in college football. Justin Fields is a man on a mission, a man on an absolute warpath. 24 for 28, 314, five TDs. He's just, he's not running the ball. I mean, he just looks so, so poised, so good, so just outstanding in my personal rankings. Destination Debbie rankings, patreon.com forward slash all gas. I made a drastic change. There is no one and two. There's two ones. It's Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. I didn't even feel comfortable having him as quarterback two, player two. They're both player ones. Pick which one you prefer. It doesn't matter to me. Which one do you want? You want Fields? You want Lawrence? It's really up to you. Both of these guys, I can make the case for either of them being the number one pick in the NFL draft and the number one pick in Dynasty Superflex startup drafts. I can make the case for either player. Both of them are just ridiculous. But Fields, oh my goodness, like you watch him and you just see future All-Pro He's that good. Those are the two quarterbacks who are going to come in from day one and start no matter where they're drafted. Fields is, Fields is good. and He's not even utilizing his legs right now. His, his decision-making, the timing. I know a lot of the critics uh, talked about him holding onto the ball a little bit too long last year. He's getting it out. He's accurate with the passes. Justin Fields, man on a mission in 2020. All right, takeaway number two, they lost the game in primetime, but DJ Uyangagale is an absolute monster. He is legit as you know what, and it's really kind of unfair that Clemson is going to be able to transition from T-Law to DJ Uyangagale. He's absolutely dynamic. He's got a cannon of an arm. He made a play where he's rolling right, throws it across his body, uh, across his body, 
opposite side of the field. There's no way he should have made that pass, but the arm strength that this kid possesses, 29 for 44, 439 and two TDs, no interceptions. Ran the ball 13 times, only picked up two yards, but we know that he can move. He's a mobile quarterback, would not consider him a dual threat quarterback, but he definitely is not a pocket passer. He's got enough mobility to move around, make some plays with his legs, but he's just so good. You look at him throwing to EJ Williams and Powell and Amari Rogers. And it's just going to be as, as they continue to get in, you know, the Clemson's utilizing their tight ends. It They haven't really lost a beat without T-Law. Now, I am not saying that DJU is a better quarterback prospect than Trevor Lawrence. Absolutely not. I'm not saying this team operates better without Trevor Lawrence. But I will say the reason they lost this game has nothing to do with the play of the quarterback. We want to see some more out of Travis Etienne, which... I'm not concerned about his fumbling. It's, I mean, he hasn't really, he hasn't had a fumbling problem in his career. I'm just, I'm just, I'm not there with him being a three down player at the next level, which I've talked about this multiple times. You don't have to be that in order to be an effective and a, a talented fantasy asset for us. But, you know, that fumble, he was scared to get hit. I mean, he was looking up at the defender, dropped the ball. That's two weeks in a row he's done that. He's got to get it together. But DJ Uyanga Gale is an absolute monster. And, you know, if if you're in Debbie Leagues and you have an opportunity to go get this guy, if you can, I know he's not eligible until 2023, but he will be a top 10 pick in the NFL draft as long as he continues to stay healthy and perform the way that we think he can perform. He, he's, he's a lock to be a top pick in the 2023 NFL draft. All right, and takeaway number one, Chuba Hubbard is moving down, 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 down the rankings. He's moving down, and I understand that he was dealing with some sort of injury. I saw different things where he's running soft to preserve his body. I'm hearing things that him and Mike Gundy never got over the tiff that they had this past offseason. Whatever the case may be, he looks nothing like the Chuba Hubbard that was running the ball the past two years in Stillwater, Oklahoma. He looks nothing like the Chuba Hubbard that I started to tout during his redshirt freshman year while he was sharing the field with Justice Hill. He looks nothing like the Chuba Hubbard that ran for over 2,000 yards on route to an All-American season last year for the for the, uh, for the uh, Oklahoma State Cowboys, where I really felt like he should have declared for the NFL draft after that redshirt sophomore year. He's running tentatively. He's not showing that wiggle. He's banged up. He's not getting the volume. He's being outproduced by LD Brown. He's moving down and he's moving down because players like UNC's Javante Williams and Oregon's CJ Verdell. I had CJ Verdell as a top five running back coming into this year when the Pac-12 opted not to play. I moved him down, but CJ Verdell is right back up there. And I think when it's all said and done, both of those players Verdell, 5'10", 210 pounds. Javante Williams, 5'11", 220 pounds. Both of them have juice. They're not as fast as Chuba Hubbard. Both of them have more than enough speed to be effective at the next level. Both of those players can catch the ball out of the backfield. They've both been productive. Williams has got 17 TDs on the on the season already. Verdell, in his first action versus Stanford, over 100 on the ground. Rushing TD, caught a couple of passes. We know he's what he's done at Oregon, back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons. As a redshirt freshman, he was the only player in college football in a Power 5 conference to rush for over 1,000 yards and catch for over 300 yards. So we know that he's a productive player. 
Both of these guys seem to profile as better NFL caliber running backs than Chuba Hubbard at this time. And when you're talking about the top five, the way that it would look, if I had to put it on paper today, if I had to put it on paper today, it would be Najee Harris, Travis Etienne, Kenneth Gainwell, Javante Williams, and CJ Verdell with Chuba Hubbard slotting in as the sixth ranked running back. And I know a lot of you are probably thinking, what about Journey Brown? Right now, I'm really considering removing Journey Brown from my rankings until more clarity is um, sort of discovered with whatever medical condition he has that is keeping him from practice and keeping him from the game. As soon as we get word that Journey Brown is back, he's healthy, he's good, he'll be a top five running back in the 2021 class. But Williams, Verdell, both of those guys look like future NFL running backs. Neither of them, I believe, are high-end dynasty assets right now. I would say that both of them are probably back-end first-round picks, high-second-round picks if we're talking 12-team, you know, super flex rookie drafts today. But both of those players are rising, rising, rising in my rankings. Once again, patreon.com forward slash all gas. And one bonus takeaway, and I don't want to be negative, I don't want to be negative. I like to leave on a positive note, but Brock Purdy stinks. I'm done. I'm done with Brock Purdy. Talked about him quite a bit. Thought he had a chance to really position himself to move up to maybe QB3 in this class at worst QB4. It ain't happening. 164 yards, three touchdowns, three interceptions, running around like a chicken with his head cut off. Just does not look good. Does not look comfortable. He has regressed from last season. I'm out. I'm out on Brock Purdy. He better come back for a senior year and not declare for the NFL draft after this one. All right, good people. That is it. I hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure you check out the Future Cast Show on the Roto Underworld Network. Make sure you check out all the other great podcasts on the DLF family of podcasts. There's a lot of good stuff going on at DLF. Check me out over there. You can catch this podcast anywhere podcasts are found or on the DLF website. And if you want to win a little bit of money, go over to Monkey Knife Fight, enter that promo code Devi. They'll match you 50 bucks. If you put in 50, they give you 50. You got 100 bucks to play, win some money. But I appreciate you checking in. I hope you have a fantastic Monday. Go over to the Destination Devi YouTube channel, doing some other cool stuff later this week. But man, y'all know what's next. I'm rambling, dropping music. 